you are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a September edition of Locked On Indians. Yeah, I know I said in the past I wouldn't put one up on Memorial Day, uh, but I've got the time and the ability, so let's talk baseball. For those who don't know me, I'm Jeff Ellis of Locked On Indians. I've been the primary host here pretty much since its inception. Before that, I wrote a 24-7 and scout. Before one went out of business and the other went out of the baseball business, Primarily focused on draft and prospects. Before that, I was mostly an Indians baseball insider. Dating back all the way to Indians prospect insider, where Tony Lastoria brought me on as the pretty much the number two person uh, he brought in. There were many great writers, many great people who came out of there. Uh, many better than me, <laughs> let's be honest. Uh, if you're listening to this, you probably know Aiden Grove, for instance, who was kind of part of our like central core team. I remember having meetups with Jake Dungan and him and others and uh yeah it was a fun crew back in the day there uh, i talked about last week's show it was fun to dig out some of the old things on that site and pull out you know the can't miss kids and talk about the players that uh, did miss and why I, you know i wish i can't say i was inspired by it but a few years later and it's a piece i reference back to and i, I need to find and dig out it's on a computer somewhere John Sickles did an in-depth version of that, and it was fascinating to look at 20 years of data and see, you know, why do prospects, uh, you know, when we sit back, what is the greatest cause of these guys not working out? Because a lot of them aren't going to. That's just the truth of the matter. For as much as I sit here and talk about who needs to be added to the Rule 5 at the end of the year, and it is a very hard decision this year, harder than any time in my, you know, I, I found... I started writing about the Indians since 2007. I used to do a yearly piece on the Rule 5 draft where I would sit back and compare uh, what happened in the previous year's draft and just the Indians in general, and we then talk about the players that I thought were most at risk. And I would follow the trends, and every year I'd update it, and I would look back uh, and continue to update it. And I stopped, I don't know, about two, three years ago doing that. But in that time of doing that piece, like I said, a decade plus, uh, nothing like this year has ever been even remotely uh, close. So it's, it's going to be interesting to look at. But that's really not the focus of today's show. Today's show we're going to talk about uh, this past weekend. We're going to talk about losing two out of three to the Red Sox. Uh, interesting series, interesting performances. Uh, talk about the statistical fact I saw uh, about the team, and then we'll preview the upcoming twin series. But how about the fact uh, I got this from my email from uh, the people connected to the Indians? Don't want to throw out names just in case they don't want that information out there. The Indians have a 19th, 19 game streak with a home run that ties the club record for consecutive games with home runs, also done from May 7th through 28th of 2000. Fran Mill hit his second home run in as many days in the third inning to extend the streak. So if they hit the home run tomorrow night, if they hit a home run, they will break the franchise record for most games in a row with a home run. How weird is it in general when you go back to it's a team that's technically been no hit three times and is also well on their way to, I mean, the at least tying the longest streak of consecutive games with a home run. 
Uh, Zach Plesak picking up the win, his 10th, ties him for the lead with Aaron Savali. <laughs> that's that's where we are with this team. It's like you have to laugh because Savali pitched, what, June? That's the last time he's pitched. The, the person who leads this team and wins last pitched in June. Yeah, it's been that type of year. It's amazing that they are... Yeah, when um, when Pat is on, and, and Pat and Caleb will be coming back, it's just newborn baby makes it harder for me to uh, figure out when I can chat with co-hosts. So that's it's a little bit quicker, a little bit easier, and I record these on my own. Uh, so you know, Pat's talked about many times. This is the youngest team in baseball, and the youngest team in baseball that had some pretty huge injuries. And yeah, Zach Plesac, uh is now tied for the team lead in wins with someone who hasn't pitched in over two months. So there's that. A guy who's on the 60-day disabled list um, might pitch this week, right? Like, he is scheduled to pitch Tuesday, I want to say. If everything works out, we'll see Savali return to the Indians on Tuesday. But yeah, those are the interesting stats. Let's just go through these games. Uh, this was, let's start with the Friday. Paul Quantrell's worst start. You know, I was debating if it's his worst start all year or if it's just his worst start uh, in like three months. But either way you look at it, this was, I mean, he has been so, so good. I mean, this is a guy who I'm trying to pull up his game logs here. Let's talk about the last time he gave up three earned runs in a game. Uh, that was August 16th against the Twins. Then to find the next time, July 4th and July 10th. Uh, so July 25th, he did give up six runs, and he gave up four runs, or, or I'm sorry, June 25th, and then June 30th. Uh, this was just his fourth game, I can see on here, all year that he gave up, I'm sorry, his third game all year where he gave up five or more runs. So that's where he is. He's had 18 starts and appeared in 36 games. And uh, got that June 6th game might have been out of the pen uh, since he moved to the you know, it's, no, that was a start. So, uh, again, I mean, he's worked heavily out of the pen to start the year. And 18 starts, only three times has he given up uh, five or more runs. Four times giving up uh, four or more runs. He has been exceptional. Uh, Trevor Steffen, and he got the save earlier in the week. He had looked good. Uh, really didn't look good here. Uh, Garza came out. Henches came out. Nice to see Henches doing that pen work just because that is his future, and you're curious to see how he can do with a pared-down arsenal. Uh, we talked about home runs, Hedges and Jose Ramirez. Jose also had a double. And Nathan Avaldi, uh, six and a third, three runs. You know, it wasn't a bad outing for him, not his best. But, uh, I mean, that's you're going to be happy when a guy gives up three runs in six innings. How about what Plawecki has done this year? It's just, you know, you go back and you think about... Uh, Sandy Leone was a trade to acquire, right? I, I'd have to go look at that, but I believe they got him from Boston. Was it for Plo? No, I think Plowecki just ended up there on his own after the Indians let him go. He's having a solid year. Uh, he might walk his way into some money. Uh, if he is, he might still be arbitration eligible, and they will definitely do that. But he, I, I had two hits in this one. Uh, it was just... Let's, let's do our traditional things. So the Indians had 11 hits, actually out-hit them, and three walks. Uh, so they had 13 opportunities, and they got five runs. For Boston, they had 10 hits, five walks, and a hit batter. So they had 16 opportunities. They had more opportunities. They got their eight. 
Uh, two to one is a high percentage of success, but they also had what Ploiecki had a home run, Renfro, Jay Aruz, Kyle Schwarber. Uh, they had a lot of long balls, and they just beat up on Quantrell and Trevor Steffen. If you're going for three stars in this one, Jose Ramirez, oh, I forgot to say he reached base twice. I mean, Jose Ramirez, obviously, we talked about he had two extra base hits in this one. Bobby Bradley was two for three with a walk. Very encouraging to see him have a walk. And then two hits for Jimenez there at the bottom. So Jose Ramirez is a rather easy choice. Reaching base three times, I'll give it to Bobby Bradley. And then Henches with a you know a clean inning. Garza's one-third of an inning. Uh, and he walked two dudes to get there. Uh, not exactly ideal. So Henches, Jose Ramirez, Bobby Bradley. Let's do a quick time check. Let's do game two, and then we'll come back and talk about game three. Uh, another bullpen implosion, right? It's just Cleveland tries to come back uh, late. It is just not enough. Eli Morgan, what a game. Uh, five and two-thirds, three hits, four walks, seven strikeouts. Four walks is a little unusual. It's a little strange. Uh, it's very weird for him in general to have that many walks. I can't recall ever seeing a like even a three-walk game in the minors. Uh, Wick Green comes in, gives up a run. You know, just keep that in your back pocket because that will happen in Sunday's game as well. It's getting harder and harder because he's going to cost $2 million. He cost $2 million this year, so he's going to cost at least two five, uh, probably through the arbitration process. I... He's always been a little bit smoke and mirrors. That's the thing. You look at the advanced numbers. We've talked about many times. Whitgren is playing himself off the roster. Blake Parker struggled. He's been really good in kind of that, like, manship, Atchison, old man role for them. Uh, Brian Shaw, I guess I should not have given him credit a few days ago for pitching well because this happens. Uh, Alex Young, Alex Young, you know, he didn't. Uh, he didn't give up a run. We didn't exactly, you know, set the world on fire with two walks in a, and a hit in, thir- in one-third of an inning. Uh, overall in this game, both teams had seven hits. The Indians had two walks. Boston had eight walks. I mean, that's that's the difference. You, know, you get right down to it. They had eight walks. That's, that's huge. Uh, intentional walk, both to Jose Ramirez and J.D. Martinez in this one. Uh, those count in their walk totals, I believe. Who reached base twice? Well, Jose Ramirez and Bobby Bradley both reached base twice. And for having seven hits, there was nobody who had a multi-hit game. So it's just the two walks also went to two hits. Uh, Laverne Jimenez and Bradley all doubled. Fran Mo Reyes homered, to, as we mentioned. Keep that home run streak going. His 25th of the year. Indians got three in the ninth. Unfortunately, they then gave up one in the ninth and could not get across the finish line. Shaw picks up the loss. Jose Ramirez with his 20th uh, stolen base and uh, Jimenez with his 9th with his missed time. That means uh, Jose is officially a 2020 guy. Bramiel Reyes' home run was a pinch hit home run in the 9th. Pinch hitting for Yu Chen Chang. Three stars. We get Fran Mill one. He had one at bat. He came in. He had a two-run home run in the 9th to make this game close. Eli Morgan pitched a gem, so that makes that rather easy. So it just comes down to Jose Ramirez and Bobby Bradley, and Jose Ramirez likely played better defense, and he had a stolen base in this one. So Jose Ramirez, your other star in the Indians' loss, and the bullpen continues to just be um, kind of a wet fart. Like, that's, it's, it's 
it would if it wasn't so sad, <laughs> it would be comical because go back to that first month of the season and everything from everyone, myself included, is just like this team is being carried by the bullpen, the offense is awful. Now the offense is, like I said, at least tied the all-time stretch for consecutive home run games. So they've done something historically significant as an offense, and the bullpen might be the worst in baseball. It is such a change. You'll get whiplash just even thinking about it. What has gone on with the pen? What has gone on? I mean, the offense is getting closer and closer to respectable-ish. When you sit there and you look at... Look at that lineup from... Saturday, uh, you know, Jimenez a little bit lower, but it's like Chang close to 700 OPS, Zimmer over 700, Harold Ramirez over 700, Bobby Bradley just shy of 800, Jose Ramirez just shy of 900, Ahmed Rosario mid 700, Daniel Johnson about 700, uh, Lernway 824, very small sample size. I think I had guys up and down the lineup who statistically are having, you know, averages seasons after the start they had. That's Kind of phenomenal, but yeah, it. Uh, you know, Boston needed to win. You know, they're fighting for their their lives. Uh, they are team COVID right now. They are so beat up. And you look at the other side, Tanner Houck, former first round pick. I got to see him pitch multiple times uh, at Missouri when my wife worked there. Uh, they were an interesting team, uh, to say the least, during those times. They had something like. Bryce Montes de Oca was the huge right-hander. I don't even know if he's still in baseball. Uh, Cam Meisner went on to be a first-round pick. Trey Davis, the third baseman, was a... I don't know why he had to wait till senior year. Uh, was, there was some talent there, but Houck was probably the biggest name. Like He had the potential top-10 overall stuff. I was kind of surprised when he slid in the first round that year, but it was a heck of a start by him. Three hits, zero walks, seven strikeouts. Adam Odovino got a blown save and a win with his uh, his three, uh, giving up three runs in the bottom of the ninth. A walk-off win for the Red Sox. Let's take a quick break. Now that we've discussed the two losses, the two cruddy games, come back. Let's have the palate cleanser of some ad reads. Let's start off right away with that. Uh, and let's talk about Stat Hero. They are back with us again. Uh, Do you know 85% of people who play daily fantasy sports lose? Is that really surprising? The game's rigged against you. You're playing against thousands of other lineups, not to mention experts who have tools and time. You don't stand a chance. Those people are running models on their computer to generate the top teams you can find. Uh, There's many articles and things on there about how daily fantasy while gambling is a stacked deck, and that's led to a lot of issues with some of the daily fantasy things. So let's introduce and talk about Stat Hero, the first ever daily fantasy sports book that puts the players in control and winning within reach. Here's how it works. Stat Hero shows you their lineup and dares you to beat them. It's you versus the house in a head-to-head fantasy matchup. You name your stakes, winner takes all. You have the advantage. Stat Hero is showing you their lineups ahead of time. No one else does that. You are in control... You are in total control. Stat Hero is a DFS the way it's meant to be. One-on-one. Play Stat Hero now and change the odds. Go to stathero.com slash locked on. Sign up for free right now. You can get three times back on your first play. That's right. You get a 300% match. That's unheard of. Go to stathero.com slash locked on. Stathero.com slash locked on. And then let's also talk about some direct TV. Does this sound familiar? You have one device that lets you catch the game live. Another lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone. For me, it's my tablet. And you've got your neighbor's best friend log in for the good stuff. 
Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream. It brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes. No need to buy another device ever again. And best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible devices are required. Contents vary by package. So let's talk about this Indians win. Just kind of clicking through, closing things out. I know people love the clicking in the background. It's everyone's favorite, along with the typing. <laughs> so uh, the Indians finally get the win. We talked about Zach Plesak with his 10th win of the year. Not necessarily his best start, but his 10th win. He now has the team lead. It was the rare case for me with all the time I've spent covering the minors in the draft. I was like, Cutter Crawford, I don't know him a ton. Uh, did not show me enough to really make me want to invest a ton there. I did talk about my like of Steven Gonsalves back when he was a prospect. He pitched uh, a clean inning for Boston. And Robles, no, he has not been solid. That's the wrong Robles. Uh, yeah, this was kind of the, once they got down... Boston just started throwing people out there, uh, seeing what was going to stick. And unfortunately for them, uh, no one did. Nick Wickren, we talked about earlier, had his struggles on Friday. And this is why holds are dumb. So he comes into the game, gives up three hits, two earned runs, and a home run. He gets his 10th hold of the year. That's right. Three hits, two earned runs, and one inning, and it counts as a hold. Holds are dumb. Trevor Steffen comes back, one inning, one strikeout, and one walk. Nice rebound for him. Blake Parker, two-thirds of an inning, gives up a hit. Nice rebound for him. And we hadn't seen Class A uh, in a few days. He comes out and gets saved, 21. Goes one and one-third. Has to go more than that one inning. Gives up one hit. Drops his ERA down to 1-5-1. So the overall box score. 15 hits. Uh, 11 runs on 15 hits and an error for Cleveland. Five runs on 13 hits and one error for Boston. Indians managed four walks. Boston managed four walks. So it's a 19 to 17 there. You add in the walks, you get 20 to 18. And then there wasn't anything weird. So yeah, it, in spite of this being a the Indians with 11 runs, Boston with fives, seemingly a game that was just out of reach. Uh, it was pretty close in terms of base runners. The Indians just, it, it's good luck when you get 11 runs on 20 hits. So that's a lot of timely hitting. Uh, and when you have, what, 18 opportunities and you get five, that is the opposite. So it just worked out well for Cleveland. Pitching-wise, like I said, Plesak, not his best. I realized I didn't really dig into him. The three runs on eight hits and three walks. I and mean, he, he put a lot of guys on base, five strikeouts. No home runs. He has been very home run prone of late. Who reached base twice in this one? It might be easier to who didn't reach base twice. Uh, Straw had a hit and two walks. You have two hits for Rosario. Reyes, uh, four hits and a walk. A hit and a walk for Bobby Bradley. Harold Ramirez with two hits. Uh, Bradley Zimmer, one hit. He, he's who didn't reach base twice, along with Austin Hedges, who also had one hit. Owen Miller had two hits, and then Jimenez also had one hit. So you had three guys. That's, that's how this offense is moving today. Doubles for uh, Owen Miller, Harold Ramirez, Austin Hedges, and Fran Reyes. Fran Reyes also had a home run in this one. Stolen base, number 23 by Straw, number 10 by Jimenez. The error went to Owen Miller. Uh, Hedges did manage to get a pickoff in the game as well. 
Uh, it's, you know, the laugh is just like, talk about such a complete offensive game. So who do you pick out as your stars in this one? I don't think any of the pitchers, you know, it's like maybe class A, but no one, when your offense puts up 11, you're looking there. Fran Reyes is easy. Four hits and a walk. Has two extra base hits. You can just kind of put him over in his spot. Uh, I think I lean towards Miles Straw because he reached base three times and had a stolen base uh, for your second one. So then it comes down to... You know, Hedges did not uh, reach base twice. Miller reached base twice and had an extra base hit, but also had the error. So Harold Ramirez going two for four with a double, had that extra base uh, hit. I, I lean his way for the third star in this one. Uh, he did get ran for by Oscar Mercado, which is kind of weird because like Ramirez's whole game is based on speed. I know he was hurt for a bit of time, but. Still, you're running for him. I feel like you run for him just because you want to get a defensive replacement in more than anything else. Uh, in this one, Chang came in as a defensive replacement for Bobby Bradley. That's uh, Bradley had himself a strong weekend. I mean, he was reaching base multiple times in almost every game. Jose Ramirez with the rare off day for him. Uh, you look at it, you take one out of three. Even with Boston being just wrecked right now, they are racked by COVID. Six players, I want to say, on their COVID list. They're still the deeper, better team. And maybe that's not what Indians fans want to hear. Kevin Plowecki, by the way, batted fifth the entire weekend uh, as essentially their starting catcher because of, I believe, injuries because Vasquez looked really good earlier in the year. He's got 133 at-bats. He's hitting 301, 363 on base, 398 slugging, 762 OPS for the old friend alert. Uh, with Vasquez, I'm not sure exactly what his injury issue is, but there must be one there because Pulwaki stepped in. And they had him bat fifth. Uh, we talked some about how hot Bobby Dahlbeck has been. He had a, a good game on Sunday. He's a little bit further down. And then those guys at the bottom of the order, I mean, they did damage in the earlier games. They affected the Friday-Saturday game, like uh, Rios and uh, Lopez, who are their, you know... It, what, like third or fourth best options due to injuries and COVID. I mean, they were really scraping for depth. And, you know, they, but Tyler Motter, who they claimed on waivers, got into all of these games as well. Uh, it's not unsurprising to have lost. Uh, it was just not the... The Indians are not at Boston's level. And then, I mean, you look at the team, uh, able to add Schwarber at the deadline... You know, he's a rental, so it wasn't a big cost. Renfro was, I mean, I thought that was a great ad. It's worked out great for them. They got him on the cheap after Tampa decided to, uh, they didn't want to give, give him arbitration. You can look at what they got from Renfro versus what the Indians got from Eddie Rosario. Now, remember, the guy who wanted David Dahl got even less, so <laughs> I can't sit back and act superior. But And I think Renfro also had ties to the area, or maybe was a Red Sox fan. Martinez, they're paying a ton of money. Verdugo was, I mean, arguably the centerpiece in their trade for Mookie Betts. Uh, Plowecki is having a weird year. Dahlbeck, he's, I mean, he, that guy's had huge swing and miss dating back to his college days. Uh, Xander Bogarts, we didn't even see in this one. Uh, it's, they're a good team. Uh, in terms of the wild card standings, I know everyone loves when I type on the computer. So how is Boston doing in the wild card standings right now after taking two out of three from the Indians? I imagine pretty well because Oakland's been just dying of late. 
Uh, they just got swept over this past weekend and knocked themselves really far back in the picture. Boston's currently three up on Seattle. That's right, Seattle is the team. They've won five in a row. I don't want to hear any. Abraham, that Abraham Toro deal was a fantastic deal. Uh, Kendall Graveman actually hasn't been that good of late. Go check out the numbers, but it's still crazy to me the number of people who want to run down the Mariners for that trade. They made the right call. They absolutely made the right call. Uh, the Blue Jays have the highest diff of any team in the wildcard hunt. As a matter of fact, their point differential is higher than the next two highest teams combined by about 20. Uh, and they're still you know, four games back tied with Oakland. Uh, New York is half a game up on Boston right now. Those are the teams. It'd be New York and Boston who would be in with Seattle and Toronto on the outside uh you know, it's outside of Seattle. It's kind of what a lot of people thought. I, mean, I, I didn't expect Oakland to implode. That's and, you know, the funny thing is going to ESPN. The Indians still have a 0.1% chance to make the playoffs. So hey, don't sleep on this team. There's uh, I, they're not making it. Uh, but yeah, it's it's kind of interesting to see. I mean, I've paid so little attention to the National League that when I look over, it's like the American League. You know, all these teams are doing really well in the, in the National League. Uh, I mean, the Reds are currently half a game out at a 529 winning percentage, and the Phillies are at a 515, and they're two and a half games back. Uh, the teams like Seattle and Toronto are 547, 541. Oakland's 540. Uh, National League's just so much weaker. There's no other way around it. National League is just so much weaker than the American League right now. And maybe the teams at the top will do it, but... I, the Dodgers and the Padres are wildcard teams. And the, the, you know, we talked about Toronto's diff. Well, the Dodgers' diff is about 100 runs higher in Toronto, so they've just been incredibly unlucky. We're going to take a break, uh, come back. We're going to talk about the big game in Akron Saturday night and then do a quick preview on the upcoming Twin Series. Let's hop over to Bilt Bar and see what they got going on today. There's always something fun and interesting at Bilt Bar. I currently have Orange Grasshopper and Rocky Road in my house. Uh, they still have the new built balls, uh, peanut butter brownie and coconut almond. They do coconut so well. That is always a good purchase choice. Coconut almond is currently uh, available. That is a limited time flavor for them along with peanut butter brownie, strawberry and orange. Uh, and then their traditional box is still there. The flavors that are always there though, it looks like maybe some of these could be here to stay is what uh, it's kind of seeing. And uh, you know, it, you gotta always pay attention. Like right now, they're selling their travel cooler. I got that free on my order when I did that a few weeks ago. Uh, there's just—it's a great tasting bar. It is good for you. It gets an A by my health food rating app, and it just tastes good. It is filling and it is delicious, and it's the great way to eat quickly and healthily. Go to Built Bar for yourself. Go to builtbar.com. Promo code locked15 to get 15% off your order. Compare them to any other company. Uh, it's a better tasting bar. I, I've tried them all. Being someone who's gluten intolerant and always looking for a quick meal, uh, I have tried them all. And the best tasting one by far is BuiltBar.com. Let's see what Bet Online thinks about tomorrow's Indians game. Remember that is BetOnline.ag. We're gonna go look at the live sports and see what they think about this Cleveland Indians matchup. Uh, so in terms of sports over here. Tennis, soccer, martial arts, golf, boxing, football, baseball, basketball, player props. Uh, remember, when you do go to betonline.ag, if you want to use the promo code 
locked on to get a 5050% bonus on your first deposit. Who doesn't want a 50% bonus on your first deposit? Tomorrow's game is a 5:10 p.m. game. Uh, Logan Allen and the Indians uh, are currently getting a run and a half. So that's right. The Indians are not the favorites in tomorrow's game. Even though the Twins have had their struggles this year, uh, over at betonline.ag, they say, forget that. Favorites are the Twins in this matchup. If you disagree, go to betonline.ag right now. Uh, even though it is a, uh, a home game for the Indians who... Uh, have the Twins, then the Brewers, then back to the Twins. A very MI couple of weeks here coming up. But go to betonline.ag. Remember that promo code is locked on to get your 5050% bonus. Betonline.ag. So let's talk about this Twins team. Uh, last in the Central, as everyone predicted. 434 winning percentage. Uh, it's been ugly for the Twins this year. Just about everything that could go wrong has gone wrong. And then you know, they've had a really good minors for a long time, but the players just aren't getting there. They're not quite stepping up for them. Uh, they've made some drafting decisions. I haven't always loved their drafts, and you know now they're in this situation where, I mean, they sold off, and they sold off to get pitching, and we're going to see some of that pitching in this next week. Uh, I've liked Bailey Ober though, dating back. He's like I want to say he's like six eight. He was a huge righty, College of Charleston maybe. Uh, I liked him as a draft pick. John Gant from the Cardinals. I didn't even realize that ended up with the Twins until I was looking at the series. Ryan was one of the central pieces in the Nelson Cruz deal. And Randy Dobnik has just been a dude who's there for a while. Uh, we're getting to see some of the parts and players. Uh, who has played well? Jorge Polanco for the Twins has been the dude this year. Josh Donaldson's been solid. Uh, Kepler and Sano have been okay. But at the same time, not good enough to like Sano was someone in that uh, athletic piece. They left unprotected for the uh, fantasy draft. I was just looking at, man, Bailey Oberlasted did the 12th round. Sometimes they don't understand baseball. He's having a really strong year for them. Dive head on in, right? Let's talk position by position. Let's do what we do over here at Lockdown Indians. Ryan Jeffers versus the basically Austin Hedges situation. Uh, Mitch Garver, I think, is hurt right now. After that big breakout year, I mean, he was good again this year. It's just, uh, can he been be healthy? Jeffers has been, you know, he's supposed to be a big offensive guy, striking out 36% of the time. Uh, he's been okay defensively. Uh, he is better offensively than what the Indians have. I think it's a push. I don't think he's been good enough to really justify, the, you know, let's be honest, Hedges is significantly better defensively there uh, so we move on to first base where the twins primary first baseman has been miguel sano uh, this year he has been about league average because that defense i mean he is a dh like he needs to just be completely taken off field striking out 35 percent of the time he does enough things but because the defense is so bad he's worth 0.1 war negative 15 he's got a 107 runs created plus uh, so he is, like, doing some things offensively. He's just not doing enough there to be the guy who at times has been considered, like, I mean, he was a huge prospect. He was a huge international signing for them. And in a lot of regards, I feel like he has to be a little bit of a disappointment because he's been good but not great. Uh, and lesser stuff, Bobby Bradley has not been as much of a liability. And he's been just as good offensively, according to Runs Created Plus, if not better. So advantage Indians moving to second base. 
Now, for the Indians, this has been Jimenez who's been struggling, and we mentioned how good Polanco has been. He's been the Twins' best hitter this year. Pretty clear that's advantage Twins. We don't need to dive in too much beyond that. Shortstop, uh, Andrelton Simmons. He can still pick it, uh, but when he's in the batter's box, it looks like he's picking his nose. Oh, yes, I went there. Uh, negative war this year, 57 runs created plus. He's not doing anything offensively. He is a net negative for the Twins because of what's happening. Uh, I'll take Rosario and his poor defense because uh, at least the poor defense still allows him to accumulate some value as a hitter. Uh, what Simmons is doing offensively, I mean, like I said, he's got a negative war. That 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 speaks to it. At one point lead Cleveland. Third base, Donaldson's been solid. He's been steady. I think they would have gladly traded him in his contract if they could have gotten anything decent. Uh, his defensive value is starting to erode a little. He's still a strong offensive performer, but Jose Ramirez. Moving on, two-point lead. Uh, mostly playing left field for the Indians was Harold Ramirez this past week. Mostly playing left field for the Twins was uh, Nick Gordon had two games out there. Uh, let's see, we got... Two by Rooker, one by Rob Reinsdorf, and one by Jake Cave. So it has been all over the place. Uh, Rooker and uh, Nick Gordon are the guys who played at least two games there. How have they been? Well, Gordon was the former high prospect, and one of those guys really hasn't quite worked out for them. Finally getting an opportunity, but it's uh, over the course of this year, it's trying to keep finding and losing his name a 61 runs created plus so that's not good and then for rooker i believe he's also a 90 runs created plus so advantage indians three-point lead moving into center field uh injuries have them well i guess buxton is playing buxton has been solid he just 35 games this year 2.2 war in those 35 games but he just can't stay there it's advantage because he's playing to the twins uh, as much as I enjoy what Miles Straw is doing, I mean, Brian Buxton, when he can play, is very, very good. He just has not been able to play. Uh, so what we had, essentially a three, so two-point lead, right field, Max Kepler versus Bradley Zimmer. So Kepler's another one of those guys that feels like he's having a bit of a disappointing year. He's been about league average. Uh, never been the strongest defender. He's been okay uh he's been worth like 1.4 war bradley zimmer has been worth 1.3 war they're they have about the same runs created plus and zimmer is a good defender and max kepler is a negative defender it's a push it's really weird to say that but just based on production it's a push there so that gives the indians a two-point lead uh starting rotation for this series Ober's been good. Gant was just, that's who they got when they traded Hap. I really like Ryan. Dobnik is, I mean, he's a a guy who is okay in the five spot, but you really kind of want to limit his starting opportunities. Uh, Allen, Savali, McKenzie, Quantrill, advantage Indians. Um, I would probably give the Twins the pitching advantage in game one, Indians in game two, three, and four. Uh, I mean, I don't have to get in the bullpen. Uh, neither teams are great. The Indians should have a clear advantage in this one. The, the Indians should win I, I, three out of four. Uh, if they swept them, it would not surprise me. And just look at their injured list for the Twins. Their star closer, 
Taylor Rogers since July with a sprained finger. Devin Smeltzer, one of the deaf guys. Cody Stasic, uh, those guys have been out there since May. Thorpe and Pineda. Uh, you got Tommy John surgery to Kenta Maeda. Arthroscopic elbow surgery to Edward Colina. Garver, strain lower back. Sports hernia for Kyle Garlic. Alex Kirilov with wrist surgery. So not only is this a team that uh, has massively underperformed, they're also massively hurt. So it should be a clear advantage for the Indians in this series. This one went long, so thank you for listening. I've been Jeff Ellis uh, for the Lockdown Indians podcast. For the next year, go Tribe. After that, go, go Guardians, go. Also, remember to rate and review, download daily. It helps.